to Café with Roberto and our guest this morning. I've known him for close to 10 years. He has been an amazing entrepreneur. He's actually owned McDonald's restaurants. He started his own consulting company. He has a book out. He's a great diversity speaker. Really someone that you can learn a lot, especially whether you're 25 or 50 years old. What an amazing person. His name is Phil Wilkins. I had the opportunity to have a conversation with a little coffee with him this morning. Come join us. Phil, welcome to Café with Roberto. And I'm excited to have you. You and I have known each other for a little bit. And I always go the backstory, man, we met on the field. Right, right, right. We met on the lacrosse field uh, probably about seven years ago or eight years ago. And it was an amazing story. I think at the time you were telling me uh, your story about McDonald's and Smash Burgers. And, you know, tell me a little bit, you know, history. What has happened the last seven years? Well, I mean, a lot, quite a bit. Um, the good thing is, you know, uh, Roberto, you, you and I were uh, the night, you know, we were, we were, we were the, like the only brown parents in the room, right? <laughs> we Honestly. were, we were in lacrosse too. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> I'm always looking for you, right? I'm always looking like, where's Roberto? I can't be here alone. Uh, but uh, obviously, you know, um, your son went on to graduate. My son went on to graduate, uh, and uh, he played at Tampa. And then he's now in grad school at Georgia Tech, which is great data analytics. And uh, we have uh, another younger son and, and an older son. And our older son is out and doing his thing with Amazon. And our youngest is uh, in high school and and just committed to you know go to Bellarmine and play lacrosse up there and. So uh, we're, we're, I'm kind of the sports dad, you know, I, I just, uh, that's something that's, you know, very important to me and, and uh, I try to make, uh, you know, a priority for, even though you might be busy, I try to make those events and be engaged in that way. Yeah, but you've been in sports a while. I mean, you went to Miami of Ohio, D1 athlete. And yeah, you had a yeah. saying that I read that you do locker room to the boardroom. I love that. So yeah. uh, you've been in sports for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, you know, what my life will be without it. And, and it's funny because uh, indirectly, I've always been into it all my life. I mean, you can't grow up in Oxford, Ohio and, and go to Miami of Ohio, where it's called the cradle of the coaches. And uh, even since I was like 13 years old, I started working at a sports camp that was owned by a professional football coach and, and guys that were involved. And we always had coaches out there. And I mean, this goes way, way back. But um, uh, when Joe Namath won the Super Bowl uh, with his famous, I guarantee we're gonna win, that coach, Weeb Eubank, used to live in Oxford and would always come out to that camp. And we would always be able to spend time and talk to him. and. Um, I put a post on it on Instagram, you know, one time, and it's like, you know, you don't know who's going to impact your life. Sure. Um, but uh, we was someone that, you know, in an indirect way, just having those conversations with him, 
uh, they were they were they were so strong and so powerful. Uh, one that he would take time, you know, out of his schedule to come and, and just kind of hang out and chat, you know, with 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 young guys like me and and um, you know just kind of share some insights on coaching or whatever. But uh, it's just something that. I think in that community is in our DNA. I mean, there's there were four guys basically on our on our block or right around our block. You know, I'm unfortunately this dude here in the middle, of course. But this guy uh, who's right next door to me uh, was on a staff in Nebraska uh, at the University of Nebraska under Bo wow. Pelini. Um, this guy over here was a scout and is still a scout today. I think with the Dolphins or the Jets. And this guy has been uh, with the Saints for a long time. And so uh, it's just part of our DNA, you know, and, it, and it's been part of my DNA, you know, and, and having kids, it just it just continued. So uh, it's, it's a fun spot. So all that wisdom that you got, you know, from these amazing coaches that you had, um, also being involved yourself in coaching, you know, I think that that transcends into business and a lot of, uh, a lot of growth. So, how did you, you know, what was your first kind of role in business? I think you worked for a healthcare company, correct? Yeah, my first job though, actually coming out of school uh, was at Procter & Gamble in finance and accounting. And uh, I worked um, in Cincinnati in an office where we supervised, you know, I had, I had supervision of a team and we worked closely with, with sales professionals. Well, you know, I was there for about 18 months, square peg, round hole. I mean, I ju it just, you know, I, I knew I needed to be out into the field doing something, right? And I even had a manager say, well, what are you doing? You know, you need to be in sales. Um, so I was fortunate uh, after graduation to have a number of offers in, in Baxter Healthcare being one. And so I, I, you know, I still had a good connection with them. I called them. Uh, they welcomed, you know, me back, you know, or they welcomed an opportunity for me to come on board and join them. And uh, so I spent nine years there kind of, you know, progressing through, you know, sales, sales management, sales trainer, that kind of stuff. And uh, that was a lot of fun. I mean, it was a great job. And, uh, you know, it, it, it really, I think, kind of whet my appetite in many ways for um, what was to come in the future. I think everybody should probably go through sales. There's a lot of uh, a lot of lessons learned, you know, uh, you, you conquer failure and you adopt failure as a progressive move to uh, improve yourself. But you had something you wrote down that you read an article in Money Magazine and it drove you and inspired you even more. Yeah, and you've done your homework. And I, I think um, that article obviously changed my life. Um, you know, I think especially in today's environment, we were all where job status is typically well. Today, it's it's a little unsettling just due to you know what we're experiencing right. you know, with the pandemic. And um, you know, back then, I was 26 years old and going through corporate restructuring, and and it was funny. I had just you know bought a house, gotten engaged. And, you know, all of a sudden my, my boss was like, hey, look, your job is being eliminated here, but you still have an opportunity in Chicago if you want to do that. And I was reading this money magazine and I happened to turn the page. And I think this is so important uh, with the work that you're doing. And I saw someone that looked like me, you know, Love and it. it described his story and, and how he was working in corporate America and was able to buy a couple restaurants 
And Roberto, I, I got to tell you, if I read that story once, I read it a thousand times. Yes. And uh, I just, you know, you talk about manifestation. I don't know what that really meant, but I know this much. I wanted to remember every single detail um, about that article. And uh, then I did something that, um, you know, I think it's a skill set that we can't overlook, especially you know, being of a diverse background, I really started a network. Like who do I know at 26 years old that could at least help educate me, you know, on what this opportunity was all about. And so I reached out, you know, to uh, to my insurance agent and, and cause he was the most connected person that I knew, but he was also my Pee Wee basketball coach, right? <laughs> so we go back to the sports thing. And uh, so he ended up connecting me to a gentleman that owned a couple of McDonald's restaurants. And then, you know, by then I was married and my wife, uh, her aunt had a friend who was a McDonald's owner as well. And so I ended up getting connected to this McDonald's owner and her husband, who was the real, you know, who was the operator. And uh, I drove to Rochester, New York, you know, to, to spend some time with him and really understand his business. But it was interesting because I was able to get two sides of the equation, right? I had one side that was, hey, here's kind of what's going on from a minority perspective. Here's kind of mm-hmm. what's going on from a general market perspective. You know, and I didn't ask like, hey, you know, what, how is this different or whatever else? But it was just interesting to hear the dynamics, you know, that were going on in the room. And uh, both were highly successful. And, um, you know, I was inspired by both. And uh, the one gentleman in New York said, listen, I don't know your situation. I don't know your status, but whatever you do, don't let money stand in your way. Wow. And uh, so I ended up getting connected with the franchising people. And, you know, we had a number of interviews and they said, well, we really like you. Why don't you submit an application? Now they assumed, right? Because I leveraged their contacts, their credibility, their resources, their success. I'm 26 years old. They said, you know, fill out the application. So I'm going through this application and it says, willing to relocate, dedicate best efforts. You know, you must have $100,000 of unencumbered cash. <laughs> and <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I don't have 100,000, right? I've got 10 and I'm not talking about 10 grand, right? I'm talking about $10, you know? And then, and then the other issue was, what the hell does unencumbered mean? You know, like, so I had to like look all this stuff up and, and I, I submitted anyway. And, um, you know, we quickly got rejected. And and I, I don't mean to be so long-winded, but it's funny because uh, it's not funny, but it was life-changing moment for us. And I remember sitting around the table, opening up this letter and anticipating that they were going to say yes. And they quickly said no. And I looked at my wife and I said, I can't believe they don't see the fit. You know, like, I mean, we, we check all the boxes with the exceptions of the, the finances. And I said, I feel like calling this guy. And she said, what do you have to lose? Absolutely. You know? and, and so I didn't have anything to lose. So I called the guy and I said, I think you made a mistake. You know, and he said, we didn't make a mistake. You just don't have any money. You know, <laughs> I was like, well, that's not a character flaw, right? I mean, that's, that's just something that's temporary. So, you know, long story short, I wrote him a, 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 a letter every month for 36 months to finally start the program you know and uh even then we still had to work in the restaurants for free for three years in order to learn the business you know uh, a couple of points on that story and and there is no long stories because i think people 
black, brown, you know, us, we need to listen to these stories um, because it drives us and it motivates us. But seeking out mentorship is so important. I found out, uh, even my grandfather, I found out that people need to see our faces out there. We need to open up our doors. We need to say, okay, yeah, it was rough at the beginning, but we need to help and guide. So, you know, that story, you know, it, what it does, it helps you excel in business, excel in a person. But also I think, you know, that, that story also brings in the diversity and inclusion, right? And that's something that, that, that you really hold true to yourself. You know, you inspired, you, you were a franchise owner, and also you served on the National Black uh, McDonald's Operator Association. I mean, how do you take all that amazing story and energy and push it out to help others? Well, I, listen, I've been very blessed in life, you know, and, and I feel that um, I'm an ordinary dude. I mean, I, I you know, had ADHD, um, you know, my mother was a high school dropout. My dad, you know, graduated from a high school, but worked five jobs to provide for us. And so I think I was blessed in, in some respects with, you know, a strong work ethic. Um, and, and, you know, I always feel like, hey, if, 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 uh, if a person is willing to put in the effort and work and learn, um, there's no limits to what you can do. You know, and, and I just I just truly believe that, you know, and, and you may come up with obstacles, but you just have to figure out another way. And uh, so I, that's kind of, you know, my mentality. And, and mm -hmm. it's a little unsettling because I think in many ways you have to make a conscious decision that you are going to put some things out there that make you somewhat vulnerable, you know. Um, but I think in doing that, you add a lot of value to others and ultimately they realize that if he can do that, you know, I can do that. Right. Yes. Um, so I try to do it and do it in a, you know, respectful, tasteful way, not, Hey, let's, you know, look at me, but more like, this is how you can do this you know the the average person if they're really focused um and dedicated to that they can do that and and you can be successful um and and you know let's let's help you find your way there's always a first in the room and i think you had the same stories that a lot of us had is you're always the first person of color in the room right and you either can kind of retreat back and listen or you can pull forward and say here's my value i'm going to move forward yeah. um i found that really really interesting um especially when you're an entrepreneur you know you're putting yourself out there and now with the media i mean when you and i were in our 20s you know there wasn't social media right. and now there's so many channels out there where you can put yourself out there and sure. tell your story I truly believe that the story needs to be told, especially now. It yes. needs to be told over and over and over again. And you need to fight for what your right is to tell that story. And there's a lot of outlets to do that. But I wanna to get to the to the big um, step and repeat 
that's behind you and that's called BYA every day. So build your assets every day. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, it, it, it's, um, BYA every day really came from a college coach that I had. Mm, Sports uh, again. Sports again. And uh, Coach Tim Rose, and he's still coaching to this day. He's like 75, 77 years old, and he coaches up at uh, Ashland University in Ohio. And he's as intense from what I see uh, on video as he was when, you know, a million years ago when I was in school and he was in my face. And this guy, he was in my face, Roberto. He was screaming at me. He was calling me bad names. He hurt my feelings, you know. <laughs> but he blessed me, you know, in a short period of time that I played. And I unfortunately got hurt and couldn't play anymore. But he would scream this same BYA every day, you know, at the top of his lungs. And back then in college, it meant bust your ass, right? Bust your ass every single day. You know, let's go to work. But it allowed me in many ways to connect the dots, if you will. You know, I told you a little bit about my dad's story and my mom and all that, but my dad working five jobs, I literally only saw him for like 15 minutes of the day. But yet at the same time, you know, he always found time on Fridays, Saturdays when I was playing to make my games. So he would rearrange his schedule. And that was something that was very important to me. And I think something that's important to professionals where, hey, you know what? I want you to grind and make a great living, but more importantly, I want you to grind and make a great life for for yourself and for your loved ones. And your assets that we're trying to build are just, are it's more than just business. I mean, obviously your health, your family, you know, the, the love that you share with your folks, your faith, those are assets too. Mm-hmm. Those can be tremendous assets, especially in times of trouble and times of pandemic, business ups and downs. You, Those are the core things that you have to hold on to, you know, really, you know, close to you. So as I watched him, you know, go through life, if you will, and my mother getting sick and, you know, debilitating arthritis and breast cancer and all those, which is why I'm rocking the pink today. Um, Got it right here, man. Yep, yep, all those things. <laughs> you know, I really saw this man step up and and have to rely on all those things that were so important, you know, faith, family, all of that. And then eventually he began to build assets. He began to buy real estate and stock and, 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 and those kinds of things. So that when he finally, you know, when he did pass at 89, he left us a nice little legacy for a man that had only made, you know, 30 or $40,000 a year, wow. but it was that, that steady consistency, you know, and, um, and, and, and building your assets. So as I was playing football, I would go out and train and, and look at a mailbox down the road and say, I've got to get there. That's South Carolina, that's North Carolina, whatever. And I would push myself to get there. And then as I graduated, I began to say, okay, I got to, I got to get to this next level, this promotion, this, you know, this is one restaurant, this is $2 million in sales, 15 million in sales, whatever. I've got to get there. And what I was, what I didn't realize was I was one developing a a real strong sense of mental toughness to be able to push myself through adversity. I knew that on the football field, but even off the field, how, how valuable that would become to me. And, and I think just a competitive mindset, you know, where it's like, I've got to compete, I've got to win, I've got to dominate. You know, those are the things that it's like, I've got to, um, I think in football, you learn how to assert your will on someone. And sometimes you just have to assert your will to make sure that, hey, I'm gonna get through this situation. You know, and you have to have that kind of belief and that mindset where 
you know, when I, I never will forget when I first started with McDonald's, I'm, I'm in my basement and having to pay bills and I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, I've got payroll, I've got food bills and I've got uh, uh, income taxes, which, you know, was the real, was the real <laughs> one. Cause I had just sold all these stocks to buy the restaurant. And I just said, you know what? I was not put here to fail. I'm going to figure this out. And, and in many ways, that's why I have the lightning bolt behind me because there have been some defining moments in my life where I just literally felt like a lightning bolt has gone down my back. And I just was like, I refuse to give up at this moment. And I think that's why I call my company BYA. And, and you know, ultimately you've got to bust it in order to build it. Yes. I yeah. mean, that's, oh my God, what a story. Um, I was, I remember in Atlanta, I was uh, 16 years old and I was uh, working with this guy washing windows as a window washer at Lenox Mall. And mm -hmm. I would get there at 6.30 in the morning and wash the windows and look through the stores knowing that I couldn't afford anything in there. This is right. a Hispanic kid just washing windows, hoping that one day, and I see that what you're saying is now I walk through Lenox, I can buy things, I, I live downtown, right. but it was a total kind of like push, push, push. You get hit, push, push. And you and I, you know, we have a lot of things, right? We, you know, and I'm not saying our color debilitates us, but it pushes us and it drives us to be successful. So I am so interested in, you know, that, that flip of, okay, now I own these McDonald's and now I'm going to go and build this company to help other people achieve what I have achieved. How's that going? It's going well. I mean, so for me, it's not totally out of my comfort zone. So when I lived in Lexington, um, I had I had started. I had always thought, what do I want to do? What do, what you know? What would I love to do one day? And 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 part of what I talk about with my clients and 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 people on in these sessions is you've got to take some time. I think once a week to dream. Okay, my dream time is Sunday afternoons. I will walk in my office, and I used to walk in my office even when I was single and young and and I would just you know sit in my sit in my office and I would literally spend hours daydreaming thinking doing vision boards uh, I'm a big believer in those kinds of things I love vision boards I, yeah I, if you have your vision board and I'll take mine out and we'll put it on on this so people can kind of see it real quick absolutely, absolutely. what I want to do, put it on a vision board. And even though I was 24 years old, I didn't know, like, do I have a story really to tell? You know, I mean, I just didn't have enough things to tell. And, and now, you know, fast forward, you get a whiteboard and you start thinking about all the things and all the stories that you can tell and all the pieces. And it really makes it, you know, very rich and unique. 
So I would sit there and I would just dream. And then when I was in Lexington, I finally decided I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And I was inspired actually by Magic Johnson. Here we go back to the sports thing, you know, but I saw Magic come out and do this event. And I said, man, I can do that. And I did it. And so I was, I was speaking at a, um, a women's conference, changed my life, speaking at a women's conference and was talking about uh, balanced lifestyles and, and you know, pushing forward and, and all that. And afterwards, a, the financial advisor, my financial advisor came up to me and she said, you know, we could really use you in, in, at Merrill Lynch. We could, we could use you in our company. And so she put me in touch with the, um, you know, the, their contacts, their folks, and, and they brought me in. And I did the same kind of thing, motivational, whatever. But afterwards, the training manager there uh, came up to me and he said, Phil, you're our ideal client. And I said, well, what do you mean? You know, and I'm thinking it's, it's you know, color of my skin or whatever. And he said, no, 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 no. He's like, that doesn't hurt. But he's like, you're a husband, you're a father, you own your own business. Uh, you've been in sales, sales management. So you kind of understand it. He's like, could you help us understand how to prospect someone like you right mm -hmm. and so i was like sure and so i started putting together this program and they started bringing me up and then it kind of evolved where the people in hr said well what else do you do you know and i said well i serve on the board of the you know national black mcdonald's operators association and they're like well we've got a proper you know an opportunity with uh recruiting and retaining diverse talent could you help us there and so I went back and got a certification in Cornell from Cornell on wow. uh, diversity management. And so I started working with their leadership teams on how to recruit and retain diverse talent. Now, when 2008, when the crash came, right? Right. They stopped bringing, you know, consultants in, everything, you know, crashed and, you know, the fees dropped and all that. And I'm like, well, listen, I don't really need to travel because I've got my part-time, my full-time business here with McDonald's. So, you know what? It, thanks, but no thanks. I don't need to do that. So I just kind of, you know, I would speak occasionally and kind of keep it warm, but it was a side hustle, right? I mean, right. it was a side hustle. So then when I retired, I was like, you know what? I always loved it. And, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, as a result of COVID, a lot of things are now being done with Zoom. And so you mean to tell me I could stay at home and I could talk to people and help people and reach people and not have to get on a plane? Oh, okay <laughs> we can do that you know we can do that so it's you know I, it's being very well received and um i'm excited about it i mean i really am excited about you know what the future holds and i think a lot of people they you know unfortunately with the events that have occurred in society they're really recognizing that we've we've got to change some things you know and and, and there's a true need to do it there's a tension and, and what's great about it, there is a tension and a true honesty to listen. And also hopefully people will be comfortable to talk about what's uncomfortable so we can drive change and acceptability. Um, I love the word side hustle because being an Afro-Latino, side hustle started at five. Right, right, right. <laughs> And uh, people have to understand that side hustles can lead to the most amazing adventure um, and understanding and support. So, you know, what would you, you know, let's say I'm an entrepreneur or I have a small business or let's say I'm a company that really wants to embrace diversity and inclusion. 
What advice would you give the CEO, the board, to really attract uh, uh, someone like us to be part of them? You know, I, I think there's ultimately three things. And, um, you know, one, what is the message being conveyed from the CEO? And how is it permeating throughout the organization? You know, is it being received and is it clear and concise? You know, and is are there any, I guess in many ways, questions that the CEO may have or may need answered? And and does he have, does he or she have that uh, circle of influence where they can they could ask someone within you know their circle and get that information? You know, um, that's some of the work that I've been fortunate to do with some leaders you know on college campuses and in in university staffs uh, on sports teams and would love to do that with ceos really just to be able to sit down and say hey you know we've got to address the elephant in the room well you know, i tell you the elephant in the room also is you know sometimes we need to talk about hard question is the disparity of of corporate boards or mid-tier right. boards uh lack of representation when it comes to you know, us, uh, 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 women, you know, there needs to be a drive for change also. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it starts at the top, you know, and, and I think that's that's all part of the 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 next, you know, question is, is, is your culture actually repelling, you know, talent from joining your organization? And you have to look at your leadership and your board uh, makeup, for example, you know, there's there's a um, there's a group out there called the Alliance of Board Directors or something like that. Mm -hmm. And basically, they look at what is the representation of, of minorities on corporate boards and within the Fortune 100 and even the Fortune 500. And the goal is to get to 40 percent. And right now they're at 38 percent. But the issue is really this: a lot of the people that are on these corporate boards because typically the corporations want someone with, you know, extreme leadership, you know, experience, president, CEOs, you see one person sitting on two, three, four, five boards, yeah. you know, and they're basically making a, a living off of that board versus, you know, expanding that net a little bit, making it a little bit broader, wider, and, and maybe going down another level and say, okay, you know what, we may not be able to get the CEO, but what if we developed and groomed some CFOs, some COOs, and brought them into our board, and now we're getting a broader mixture and, and, and you know, a broader base of talent, and we're expanding our net, you know? Yeah, so I, think I think that's that really yeah. part of the second part too, as well. And, and I've seen that with some uh, boards that have advisors, advisory boards, where they go down to, let's say, if you're a executive vice president or a vice president that's really thriving and growing and have, you know, already some talent, but but have some skill. I've seen boards bring those uh, uh, levels in uh, right. and then those levels can grow to be at the main board. But the whole thing is you have to open up the door. You have to open up the, the board door. You have to be transparent. You have to be out there. Um, and I think that there's a lot of conversations going on, especially this year, that's driving that. I, I, I'm an optimist, so I feel very optimistic right. about the future. Um, with leaders like yourself, 
and I've seen a lot of other uh, leaders of color really step up and and uh, do some amazing work. So with this, I have a few other questions. So what are you reading right now? Is there anything, because there's always a book or something in the background that kind of gives you that never stop learning, right? So yeah. what are you reading right now? Um, my own book? <laughs> there, I know, I, 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 I'm gonna let you talk about that. <laughs> well, and, and you know what? I think in many ways, uh, I am reading it and it's called Own Your Business, Own Your Life. Um, but I'm looking at it and I'm reading it and saying, okay, what can I modify? What can I change? What can I adapt? You know, obviously with, with time. Um, and so, you know, I wanna, enhance that but but at the same time i had a pretty good process and blueprint to help me get to this level and and now you have children uh who are in college and you know you just feel this vacuum at your bank account you know being drawn out and it's can like, i raise okay. my hand on that can i raise my hand on that yeah, absolutely and so it's like what do i need to do right now you know uh in order to change that uh and get that get that handled um i tell you one thing i do love to do as well is i watch a lot of videos and i listen to a lot of podcasts and especially in my chosen field um, where I'm, you know, definitely trying to build my business. Um, so I'll listen to uh, a lot of podcasts with financial advisors, um, with sales coaches. I'll spend hours watching those videos and, um, you know, just learning. And, and so YouTube uh, has been a great educator for me uh, to hear a lot of different perspectives, a lot of different thought leaders, um, and, uh, you know, obviously with audible, uh, that's, that's a great, you know, great opportunity as well with, with today, you know, I mean, I consume books, you know, when, when audible came around, it was amazing because I can consume so many books and when you're driving, when you're sitting back. So, right. you know, I, I really would love the people to know you a little bit more and, um, thank you for the friendship. Uh, I would say what advice would you give as we as we wrap up right now what advice would you give um i would say two levels okay the 26 year old phil wilkins listening to phil wilkins and the 50 year old who thinks hey i need to retire i'm not ready uh, i'm done but really they're not right I think uh, for the 26-year-old, um, for that person, I would say, you know, enjoy, enjoy where you are, um, and 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 now is the time. I think with the internet and with you know social media, take chances, do things. You know, I mean, you can you can you can leverage your life. And and I I never will forget. I had a neighbor. Um, very sharp guy and uh, um, very, very sharp. His name is Steve Pear. And Steve owns BitPay, um, which is, you know, PayPal's equivalent for Bitcoin, right? right? Yeah. And when I met him, I said, Steve, I said, I really want you 
to talk to my kids because the way you make money and make your living is so different than mine. You know, obviously leveraging technology and all those kinds of things. And so what I would say to a 26 year old is embrace the technology, embrace this and, you know, dream and find your path, but enjoy the process along the way. To the 50 year old, I think it's a matter of, you know, we need to change. Um, we need to embrace that technology. You know, we need to, uh, I think in, in many ways, you know, as I hear older executives, they're, they're like, you know, these, these kids today, they're not used to this. You're not used to that. You know, they don't, you have to spoon feed them or whatever else. Well, you know what? We gave them the participation trophy, you know, so we have to change and adopt uh, and, and adapt, if you will, um, to, to, to what they're doing. So I find myself now, you know, learning Instagram, really digging into Facebook, learning LinkedIn. I, I'm not on TikTok yet, you know, and, and, and Snapchat too much, but those, those, you know, LinkedIn, YouTube, uh, Instagram, I'm going to have to build a presence there and really get comfortable with social media. And, and I had a friend once tell me, it's like, you know, if it, if it weren't for <laughs> how frustrated you get with technology, I would never think that you were in your fifties or whatever the case may be, you know, like I wouldn't think you were your age, you know, but, but I am, you know, so it's like, I've got to work through those issues and, uh, and, and work through that technology. But I think at our age, you know, we have a lot to give and a lot to share. And, and I think also if we can partner, if you're in a business or you have a business opportunity and the two, you know, generations or whatever can come together, Oh, what a powerful, wow. powerful team that is, right? Yes. Uh, that's that's a very powerful combination because you have experience over here. You know, you think about it, you and I, we've survived uh, probably the Oklahoma City bombing, right? Wow. Um, yeah. That goes back. I remember where I was on that day. I remember where I was on 9-11. I remember the 2008 crash. Now we're experiencing this. And so you have a lot of experience where it's like, you know what? we're gonna bounce back, we're gonna get through this. You know, it might take time, it may take years. We've never experienced, you know, maybe a, an economic downturn this, you know, this bad, but it will bounce back, you know, um, and it will come back, but how will it change in the process? Uh, and then I think that's where the youth comes into play and all the innovation that's coming and their ability to adapt very quickly if you can combine that experience and that youth together wow that's that's awesome that's one of the things we talk about in our you know workshops with financial firms and just you know that generational uh you know team coming together either wow innovation and and experience mixed together is probably a recipe for success well, Phil, I want to thank you for sharing this hour, um, all your thoughts, your experiences, your inspiration, your book that's coming out. And I'm going to make sure that our audience knows who you are, just like I've known who you are almost this last decade. So with this, I want to say muchas gracias. Thank you. Thank you. And wish you the most amazing end of the year and an unbelievable 21. With that, thank you. Ciao. Thank you. Thank you, Roberto. Appreciate You're it. Welcome.